You're listening to the Manchester Vineyard Podcast. We'd love for you to join us. To discover more about who we are, where we meet, and how you can connect with us, head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description. Well, good morning. Do you know, I've been doing this series on invitation, um, if you just joined us today. I just wanted to say that, and we're coming towards the end of it. Some of you are like, yes, we're coming towards the end. Some of you are like, oh, are well, we doing a series? Um, <laughs> no, there's, there's one more after this. And um, what I've been seeking to do, hopefully, is to invite you more yourselves into the fuller realisation of the relationship you can have with Jesus, but also that as we know that, as we realise that, we can do nothing but give it away and share it with others. And... Um, just to give you the heads up, our intention next term is, is to look at what's trending. What are, the, what are the key things of our day? What are the key conversations? Um, consumerism, individualism, mental health. Um, some, some of the things around that. And all I'd just ask is, would, would, you, would you pray for Steph and I as we prepare for that? I think it's no small thing. Um, but we've got to be people that speak into the culture of the day. And we acknowledge within that the hope and the life and the truth of Jesus and some of those things are gripping our culture but they're, they're gripping us and, and we've got to look at it and we've got to consider it. Um, today I'm not actually going to talk on what I planned because I had one of those moments and I just explained that moment kind of like this. I don't know if you've ever been to the service station or something like that, you've, well you will have if you've travelled on a motorway and uh, you, go, you go in and often there's that arcade machine that's got the big grabber. Do you know, do you know like the one, I mean, it's really expensive to do it. And um, you control the grabber thing and it grabs this little toy and then you maneuver it into the drop zone. And if you get it, you get to take it home. And uh, there's a few little twists in that if you've never done it. Firstly, it's ridiculously expensive. Um, secondly, the grabber is really hard to operate. Normally, you can never grab the thing that you're trying to grab. And then if you do manage to get hold of it, you don't actually want it because it's like a multicoloured teddy that's glow in the dark with massive eyes that the kids don't want anyway. So um, that's nothing to do with the story. But the, the point I wanted to tell you is I just felt one of those moments myself over the last two or three weeks where I just felt grabbed by the Holy Spirit. And... Um, I kind of thought it was for me. And then I, I wonder if the father wanted to say something wider and say something to us today. So this is kind of it. It's Luke chapter 5, verse 11. And it says this. It says, they left everything and followed him. They left everything and followed Jesus. So today I'm, I'm going to look at each of those words. And I've literally been stopped in my tracks by it. I try not to just jump with you guys to what is my journey because if I did we'd bounce around all over the place on a pogo stick but equally there is an element where as a church you can't not sometimes go on the journey that Steph and I go because as a church it will have some of our fingerprints on it but I do wonder if the father wants to stir something in us this morning collectively with this so um why don't, why don't we just pray, actually? Father, we welcome you. We welcome you. Come and speak to us. Come and speak through what I believe you've put on my heart, but would we be soft and willing and moldable? Lord, we, we believe you want to speak today. We believe you're alive. 
and you long to have a relationship with us. And so I pray open our hearts, open our minds, allow us to be attentive to your voice. We only want to do what we see you doing. So our prayer really is, Lord, help, help, help. Help us, God. Help us hear you, help us understand you, and help us to live it out. We just welcome you. Amen. So, so this is kind of it. Luke, Luke 5, 11, they left everything and followed Jesus. Six points coming up. They don't start with the same letter. I love to do that, um, but I thought it would be wise not to try and change scripture um, because you wouldn't be happy and it's not right. Um, but let's, let's, let's go with the passage. It says they. They. I don't, I don't want to patronise you, but the definition of they is that it's used to refer to two or more people or things previously mentioned or easily defined. This, this really is so crucial. I mentioned just a moment ago that we want to do a series next term on what's trending. And, and one of the things that we want to cover is, is individualism. Because so much of the pull of our culture is, is to be living life out as individuals. We, we kind of swallow the lie of the day. And, and we, we seek to live in a cave as a result of that. And it is a lie. Hebrews 10, 24, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. To give up meeting together is to give up on the encouragement of each other the encouragement of the followers of Jesus. We, we gather together to share our faith and to strengthen one another, and all the more so as the day approaches that Jesus will one day return, because actually we continually face struggles and battles, times of indifferent effects around the world, persecution. Those opposed to Jesus growing in strength and growing momentum as some conversations of the day at the minute that are definitely pulling away difficulties should never be an excuse from us stepping aside from meeting together rather actually when difficulties arise in our lives or in our times we should make an even greater effort to be faithful to being together do you do you feel slightly judged by me saying that that's that's not what i'm trying to do if you feel oh i've not been around a couple of sundays and now you're saying that's not, not, what, not what I'm trying to say or where I'm trying to go with it. But there's a they that I think is really important. Am I reading too much into this passage? Absolutely 100%. Yes, I am. To use the word they in the way that I'm currently trying to use it. But am I reading too much into the overarching theme of the Bible that we're supposed to be a family? That we're supposed to have a father? That we're supposed to do this as a they? in a culture that just uses I and me, and we're supposed to be a we. I, I don't think I'm reading too much into that. So often we come to church to be loved, and yet the purpose often, the realization we sometimes don't see is he's trying to shape us into being love, to completely transform us. He is love and therefore creates love in us and we become love. We don't do it alone, we do it together because we're shaped, refined and, and discipled as we do it together. How many times do we hit crisis, hit challenge, hit insecurity, hit 
capacity hit whatever it might be and our first thought is oh, i just need to i need to pull back I, I just need to to be in my cave i just need some me time I, i'm not i'm not sure we do because that isn't actually how we were created we were created for the journey of being together we were created for the they thing if i can use that as really bad grammar but let us, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. We're going to need encouragement. We need encouragement. Keep going. Keep at it. Keep having people around you, cheering you on. Yeah, sometimes life and circumstances suck. But let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Well, what is that? Flowers, cards, texts, meals together going out for coffee, together watching the football, together, whatever it is, doing stuff together. Let us think of ways to motivate, to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us not neglect meeting together as some people do. Have, have you ever thought of one of the, the key roles of the enemy is to cause you not to want to meet up like this? I've, I don't know if you've ever thought of it that way. Have, have you ever found that you've got a couple of things that would compete for meeting together with other people that pursue and follow Jesus. So let me give you a few. I've got a sniffly nose. I, I don't know that many people. I, can't, I don't want to go because I don't know that many people. I'm busy. I'm tired. My mate's coming around. I can't find the car keys. I need to go food shopping. Last time the guy that spoke was boring. You would have never found that joke um, oh, the conversations were a bit awkward a bit clunky I didn't really know where to sit the person I sat with mm, that friendly didn't really relate to them someone said something that really offended me actually I just remember oh they said that and it's really stuck with me I feel quite offended by that actually, I feel really low I'll put chairs out for a load of people and nobody seemed to be bothered by it anyway of course you face all of that and more and whatever it would be for you. But let us not neglect meeting together as some people do. If, if Paul had to say it then, surely we need to hear it now because we're in a battle for this. There's a fight for this. That they, I think there is a resistance to the they, but we have to know that it's our mandate. It's how we're meant to live out our faith and and find a fuller understanding and a fuller expression of it some of you will will currently be facing incredible pain and intense feelings of isolation or loneliness you you can feel alone even in a crowd you could come here and feel like i'm lost you it's like you're carrying life alone well the, the enemy is seeking for you to feel alone it's one of his tricks because it's not who you're meant to be and it's not how we're meant to live it's meant to be a they thing so the thing you'll often feel is well i can't share that with anyone i need to i need to carry on on my own and actually even if i did share it they, they wouldn't understand they haven't been through what i've been through of course you feel all of that because the enemy is seeking to pick you off in that way i can I do a sh bit of a shameless plug for Cause to Live For? Honestly, just come. Just be part of it. Like, if you don't know someone, that's the time to come and know them. 
ask to share a car with somebody, spend that time with them at least. If you don't think you'll know anyone when you get there, well, you won't unless you go, and that's how you'll know some people. If you know somebody who doesn't know Jesus, bring them along. They're often the times where they realise, gosh, there is a God. If, if, if you're like, oh, I'm not really the right age, what's the right age? We pursue Jesus. We do it as a family together. No, I've never seen anyone look at a wristband and say, well, you're not in your 20s and 30s. <laughs> I just come and be part of it. I, I said to the you come on team, like, if you need to be on team. But if you don't want to be on team, just come anyway, because it's a good thing to be part of. But the enemy is trying to isolate you and cause you to feel on your own. Choose community. Choose family. Choose the they. We, we've got to call out sometimes the fact that we don't live as a they because we need to live as a they, right? That's the first word. Second word, this is like playing charades, kind of. <laughs> Second word, left. They left. Have you ever thought in following Jesus you'd have to leave something? Because you will. Sometimes we don't think about it because we don't think about it. So therefore we don't realise that we need to do it. I know I've kind of just stated the obvious, but I think it's true. We need to think about leaving something to follow Jesus effectively, wholeheartedly and obediently. To do that, we actually need to leave some stuff. So I, I kind of want to encourage you this morning, have a think about it this week. What do you need to leave? What, what is it that you need to leave? Have you ever played that game, I went to the shop and I bought? You know, I went to the shop and I bought an apple and then the next person follows on. I went to the shop and I bought a banana or whatever it is and then you keep going and you have to remember the first thing that the first person shared. And um, it becomes a long list until you, somebody forgets and they're eliminated. Honestly, I'm a fun night out, aren't I? Right? That's a game, yay! Um, did you ever play that game? Right? No, get a life. But um, anyway, you know, when I was thinking about this, I just thought of that game because consciously, sometimes you can look back and there's, there's things I'm aware of. And there's actually loads of things that I'm not aware of because I think I've forgotten them and I've left them behind. Some of them have come really easy to leave behind because you find a greater affection and when you find a greater affection, you, you drop things that you once thought were important because they're no longer important. Sometimes it's felt a lot harder. It's felt like there's a real cost. But either way, I've had to leave stuff behind. You know, just... Um, Quarter past ten this morning, just before some of you arrived, chatting with the worship guys, postman phones me up. Paul, pick you up in half an hour. Oh, are you coming to church? Uh, no, I've got your ticket for uh, Liverpool, Man City at Anfield. Do you want to come? <laughs> yeah, I kind of do. But, <laughs> but actually, no, do you know what? The more I think about it, actually, no, I don't. If that was me ten years ago, I'd have left you all. Um, but no, no, I don't. Like, I couldn't think of anywhere I'd rather be than, than here. It's interesting now, stuff just drops off you. If, if I don't get stuff out of me, that stuff is going to get out of me what's meant to be in me. You, you've got to leave some stuff before it eats you up. What am I on about? I wanted to get practical with this. A day in the life of me. What have I left? Well, it might be easier to tell you what I haven't left. Um... Because the more I think about it, I have left some stuff 
to follow Jesus. I've changed the way I speak. I've changed what I talk about. I've changed my view on marriage. I've changed my view on children. Prior to knowing Jesus, I'd have said, don't get married, it will just break down. Don't have children. Why do we want to bring them through a marriage that's breaking down? Like I felt that was going to be me. What What is it to be a husband, how I parent, how I relate, how I interact with people, what I spend my money on, what I spend my time on, what I'm passionate about, how I do my job, what job I do, how I spend my free time, what I watch, what I read, what I do when nobody's looking, what I think about when nobody's looking. In fact, I think you kind of get the idea. I could go on and on and on and on and on. I tried to make it really practical and say the things that I've left so that you'd get the idea, but the reality is the more I thought about it, the more I realised... I've given it all up and I'm still giving it all up and there's loads more to leave and I actually can't wait to leave it because the less there is of me, the more there is of him. And the more I think about it, like with a shopping game, if we can even call it a game, but I realised half of it, I can't even remember it because I found a greater affection and God softens the pain that you have in your life and he backfills it with love and hope. And so I'm so caught up in pursuing him that in pondering leaving stuff, you don't really ponder it anymore because you want to leave it because you found the greater affection. So they left, they actively prepared to leave. They actually left stuff to follow Jesus. So word three, they left everything. Now, they didn't leave the odd thing that maybe they thought they should. They didn't just leave the odd bits or the 25% or the 10% or the 30%, they left everything. Now, I'm sorry to make this really simple and patronise you, but this is just the journey I had to go on. Just have a think about, just for a moment, what everything is, because basically it includes and it involves, like, everything. So that included everything, and what that didn't include was nothing because everything was included. That was how I was thinking about it. So, you know, when I say when we follow Jesus, we leave some stuff, and I started to roughly list off some stuff. Well, what I didn't tell you at the time, because we were only a couple of words along, now we're another word along, and that's actually quite a big jump. The next word is, this is a massive jump because leaving some stuff is not just leaving some stuff, it's actually leaving all of the stuff because it's leaving everything. So this is going to involve to follow Jesus, not just leaving a few things, but actually leaving everything. Which the sum of everything is really that it includes, like, everything. Now, I know some of you will be realising when I said I've been grabbed by the grabber. This, this was kind of it. I just had a Holy Spirit moment in quite a big way. I was having a realisation of me, but not just me, because it's not just me, it's they. So that includes us. It's not just me or I, it's we, that I've got to leave some stuff, but actually we've got to leave some stuff and not just some stuff, everything. Hebrews 2 verse 1, so we must listen very carefully to the truth we've heard or we may drift away from it. We have to be careful that the truth of the day doesn't rob us from the real truth that we actually find in the life and the teaching of Jesus. Now, I'm only three words into a six-word statement this is some life-changing game of charades. Well, it was, it was for me. Let's not neglect meeting together, as some people do. I need to give up everything. I need to leave everything for him. And actually, more than that, I need your help to help me do it. 
because otherwise I might stop doing it or I might try and give up doing it or I might find that I just want to walk away from it or to water it down or to dilute it. So it's a they thing because we do it together and we find him and we're refined by him together on a journey. Let's just jump to the fourth word, and. Oh no, there can't be more. Well, there, there kind of is because and is a more word. So it's we, and we're about to add something else here to this because that's the word. So the picture is building and it's gonna cost us not just something. We're not just gonna leave a few things, we've gotta leave everything. But now actually it's about to be a bit more than everything. Is that even possible? Well, it's we, not just me, it's we. I couldn't not share this with you because today it's not just about me, it's about we, because it's a they thing. But this word in the passage is really important because we're not just leaving something. You're not just giving everything up. And rather than some stuff leaving all of it, this is crucial because we're leaving all of it for something. The and word really links this together. Jesus didn't just die for you to leave some stuff behind. Well, actually he kind of did, but not just that. He didn't just call you out of something, he calls you into something. That's the end. So we're leaving everything behind, but we're not just sitting around twiddling our thumbs. There's no time to see it that way. We're leaving everything. Our passions, our energy, our house, our car, our friendships, what we wear, what we eat, where we go on holiday, our education, all of it comes into the to the mix of this, I could keep going and going and going and going because the list literally includes everything. It's like everything. None of that's our own because we left it. But now we're to give it all because we've been called out of something and called into something. The and is crucial to this. Then we're called, what are, what are, what are we called into? Well, the, the fifth word is kind of the crucial bit which is followed. They left everything and followed. So they've left something. In fact, actually, they've left everything. And now they've started following something. So whatever we've left, we need to leave and then place everything we've got and everything that we've left behind into a new place. So I've, I don't know, this is the way I saw this. Have you ever had the privilege of going on holiday to a different country. I, I see it as a privilege. It's not something everybody gets to do, but I'll, I'll never forget the first time I did it. You, you kind of spend a few weeks seeing planes in the sky before you go. I kind of still do it now. It's like, that'll be me. That'll be us going on a plane. And then it, as it gets closer, as you just get a couple of weeks out. You, it's kind of shocking, really, but when you, you think about it, you tell people, you don't just go, look, you start pointing at the plane and even acting out what a plane is. <coughs> is that just, that's just me, isn't it? Yeah, okay, anyway, when, when you go on the plane, you, you land, obviously, well, it's not obvious, but you land in a different country, and as you get off the plane, they open the door and you just get hit by the heat. That is such a beautiful feeling. I always tell the air stewardesses, I love that moment. They need to know how much I love that moment. But it grabs you in the face. It's such a, that's the moment for me. You open that door and I'm like, yes, the heat, come on. 
And then for some odd reason, you spend half your holiday looking for similarities from home. Have you, have you ever done that? Oh yeah, they've got cars here too. <laughs> of course they have. They've always expected, well, they've got a petrol station. I even know it's always probably cheaper, looks cheaper. We used to have that price when I was like 15, now it's more expensive. Have you ever done that? You go into the supermarket, they've got Persil. Of course they've got Persil. And uh, I saw at one place they had Ambrosia Devon Custard. You're like, yeah, we need four of those. What do you need four of those on holiday? Why do you even sell it in a whole place? What do you need custard for? <laughs> anyway, you're in, you're in another country and it's completely different. We've, we've left something behind and things are supposed to be different, to look different, to sound different. They act differently. Of course they do. Because you're in a completely different place. It's a different way of living. You're following a new reality. You're from a culture of a different country. 1 Peter 2 verse 11 says, Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Dear friends, I warn you. We're just temporary residents here. You know, we're foreigners. This is, this is not our land. What we're trying to do is, is bring bring the influence from the country that actually we're from to this land have you have you ever come back from holiday and you live here like you do on holiday i do it all the time i turn back here in my shorts and flip-flops and like rain oh because it's raining it's manchester and uh, you get off the plane and you, you you just live like you're still on holiday for a while and you walk around with your bag and sand falls out of it everywhere you go for about a month and then you properly empty it out and um, you wear a T-shirt for your first week or so back, like a white T-shirt, because it makes your tan stand out slightly more. <laughs> that is not just me, I can tell that by your faces. I'm not the only one who's done it, but, you know, when men are live differently because we're from somewhere that is different. So we, we bring a touch of heaven to earth. We don't wait for heaven. We're seeking to bring the future reality to break into the current reality. So we're kind of living like we're in the future because we are in the future, because we're not actually from here. So we follow a different set of rules and we live completely differently and we think differently and we act differently. It's kind of worth reflecting on. We're following something that is different to the thing that sometimes we end up following because we haven't actually thought about it. So my question is, have you thought about it? Because some of us need to go on a plane. We need to make a decision. We need to leave everything, but not just leave it. Some of us will have left it, and that's as far as it's gone, but actually we've got to leave it and now start following something. So there's a complete U-turn in what we're doing and how we're living. We didn't just leave something, we're following something. Amazing. So simple, but we really got to ponder it to actually do it. It's not our way of thinking or our way of living. It's completely different. That's an act of submission to live like that. Now, the exciting thing about following is we're moving. Following is a moving thing. We're not static. We're not stood still. Now, for some of you, I think as you actually reflect on that, there will be a Holy Spirit moment. Because up until now, you've been able to say of this talk, everything I've talked about, yeah, I kind of get that. I'm in with the other four words, you know, it's a day thing. I get that. We've got to leave something. Yeah, I get that. We've got to leave everything. I get that. And I get it. It's an and thing, you know. Actually following. This is not a sitting still thing. This is an actually actively living out, moving forward thing. So the Holy 
spirit realization for you is that this this is not standing still we can't live on yesterday you can't be like oh well yeah that was that year or that that was when i went for it i do my i do my living it out of the christian festival once a year oh you know when i did like a discipleship year or for one or what you know things we call it is that was when i went for it but now you know not so much so I'm happy with that area of my life. I'll kind of stop there. That's, that's, that bit's, that's all right, but, mm, you know. I'm, actually, I'm just ticking over at the minute, if I'm honest. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that, you know, slow and grow. But we don't, we don't live on yesterday. We move forward, we step in more, we take ground, we advance, we move from milk to solids. So 1 Corinthians 3 says it like this. It says, dear brothers and sisters, when I was with you, I couldn't talk to you as a word spiritual people. I had to talk to you as though you belonged to this world or as though you were influenced in the Christian faith. I had to feed you with milk, not solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger. Man, I want to be ready. I don't I want to stay on the milk. I want to move on a bit. This this is a journey and it's progressive. It's kind of like left foot, right foot. We we move forward, we walk and we follow into greater truth. There's an invitation in that for you. Wherever you are, move forward a bit. Take take some ground. Hebrews 5.13. For some of you who live on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature who through training have the skill to recognise the difference between right and wrong. We've got to be people that move forward because we're following. We're not standing still. The the final word is Jesus. Why on earth would you leave everything and follow? Because it's Jesus that we get to follow. Please, honestly, forgive me if I've not made enough of Jesus that you would think he's worth following or giving everything to follow. Why, why would you get on a plane? Because when you get there, you know what you're going to. Headspace, sun cream, ice creams, pool, food, uninterrupted family time, time to dream, space to laugh and chat. I'd give everything and leave. Not even considering the cost, if I could even call it a cost, because I know what I'm getting. I'm getting Jesus. Have you, have, have you, have you been trying to find the fix? Do you, do you know what I mean? That the thing that's going to satisfy the fix that you need. So you probably need a fix, but have, have you tried to find that thing? You know, the relationship, the, the friendship, the job, the way out of your health challenge, the, the financial decision, the, the whatever it is that then becomes the plaster over the thing that you need, the, the gym, the box set, the, the thing. The thing that, that, that will do it, the thing that will fix it, the thing that will resolve it, the thing that will satisfy it, the thing that will just settle it and bring you peace and security and comfort. Well, the fix is him. It's not any of those things. The fix is him. It's, it's, it's not, as whilst I talk about the they, it's not me, it's not each other, it's not your small group leader. You know, oh, they, they, they need to know all of my stuff and they need to know what's going on and then that'll be all right. Yeah, I'm sure they'll listen and I'm sure they would be incredibly caring people and the same for everybody in the group. They'll seek to be the hands and the feet of Jesus in your life. But have you told Jesus? 
so often I think we try and find well I know I do I try and find a fix in every other place going I, you know I just need a break I just need a holiday I just need to sort this out and then when I've sorted that out everything will be fine I just need to that's, if I can just sort that out then then it'll be alright the last place often we turn is Jesus and nothing else and no one else will do it We'll solve it, we'll fix it, we'll secure it because it's simply Jesus. We need to spend time with Jesus. We need to be hungry and desperate for him. If, you know, if you, if what, whatever it is, just put it in that little thing now and then say, well, it's Jesus. You know, is it struggling with your health? Well, it's Jesus. Struggling with work, it's, you, need, you need him. Struggling with your emotional health, it's Jesus. It's struggling with anything. It's Jesus. Now, I bet some of you can see what I'm about to say. Because it's not just if you're struggling, it's if you're not struggling. It's still Jesus. Because whatever it is, it's basically Jesus. Because it's all about him. All we need is him. Now, the one thing I know you don't need and won't help is everything else. Because we've been called to leave everything, to follow. So everything else that sometimes we find and sometimes we seek is not going to do it. Not just some bits of it, but actually all of it, because we're supposed to leave everything to get him, to find him, to follow him, to understand him. We've left something and we're supposed to now do something. It's all found in him. Now that's great. All of this sounds wonderful till we get home and we're faced with the same burdens and the same problems and the same things that we've prayed about and, you know, nothing seems to change and there's no hope on the horizon and there's no obvious breakthrough coming. And well, what, what do we do then? Well, actually the same as before, but there's probably then some more things that we need to leave because there's, there's now a added layer of the things that we need to leave because now what we probably need to leave as well is actually fear and doubt and self-reliance and frustration that nothing has changed and pain and injustice done by you or to you or so on and so on and so on I'm not trying to in any way belittle the, the, the thing that you're walking through but do you see what I mean because the destination is always Jesus and the pathway to fully finding him is always embracing and understanding that fulfillment and satisfaction in him and through him is found by leaving everything not just leaving stuff but leaving all of it and following him so the principal characteristic of the New Testament church was and is love it's the love of God and it's his love for his people and we're called to respond to him and the gift of him you, you, you kind of can't not become a lover of your neighbour when you realise that you know I talk about the invitation into more well you can't not give it away when actually you discover what it is John 13 says so now I'm giving you a new commandment love each other just as I've loved you you should love each other your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. The, the reality of that can only be found and lived out in the light and the love of Jesus because it's found in him. It's lived out through him and the power of his spirit 
dwelling among us. Jesus illustrates love. He is love. He illustrates it in the deeds he does, the teaching he brings forth, the way he handles people, the way he embraces children, the way he embraces the old, the infirm, the sick, those who needed healing, those that were hungry, those that were oppressed, those that were lepers, everybody, basically. He illustrates again and again and again the nature of his loving Father and he communicates love and a way of love and a way of life to those around him that they've never seen before and it made their hearts burn and it made their hearts run to him and leave everything to follow him. People walked away. In fact, they couldn't walk away. They, they kind of said, I can't believe this. Because it caused a response that caused them to leave everything and follow him. Even those that rejected him saw something in him that was unique and something that was special because it's not based on human love. It's not based on nice feelings. It's not just a nice thing to say. It's divine love. It's a heavenly love and it's God incarnate among us. It's a sacrificial nature and its characteristics have to do with shepherding. It's like a laying down of his life for the sheep. It's God loving and then God causing that love to be in us and radiated through us to others. Well, well so what is that thing? Well, it's best understood, I think, when we realise it's, it's incarnation. You know, it's Jesus living in us. It's the Holy Spirit living in you. You, you can't do it. I, I don't mean that harshly. Like, I can't do it. I, I can't become it. It's him doing it. As we leave everything and follow him and allow him, it's him, not me, not us. So we, we, we can't create it, he reveals it. I, you know, I, I grew up in an environment where what you knew mattered. That was what was celebrated. You know, if you knew your Bible well, that was celebrated. So, you know, look at the book of Mark. If you... Well, what's Mark about without opening your Bible? Chapter 1. What's, what's that about? You know, you, you, you'd be expected to know the context, a few, a few of the passages, the outline, Mark 2, 3, 4, 5, so on. This one guy, he knew Romans word for word, like the whole book. And I'm like, gosh, I'm, I was delighted. I just knew there was a book called Romans. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not criticising that. I'm not saying don't read your Bible. I'm not saying don't dig in deep because it's what we drink from. But it's not what you know. It's how much of what you do know knows you, if that makes sense. Do you see what I mean? Because it needs to change us. Knowing it doesn't change us. The pursuit of knowledge is not the goal. It's how much it actually knows you. It's how much of it is working in you, changing you, shaping you, changing the way you act and live and think so i love john 14 23 it says this jesus replied all who love me now i, I love that Verse, verses like that jump out at me i'm like yes i love you come on let's keep reading jesus replied all who love me will do what i say oh gosh it's just got a bit harder so it's not just head knowledge we actually have to do something about it this has to lead us some somewhere we're following something we have to follow him from 
from where we are to where we could be. We have to leave everything. We come as we are, but we don't stay as we are because we're following him. And he calls us to a place. Uh, some of you probably need to hear that. You know, go again. If you stop following, follow again. Because he's the God of the second chance. He's the God of the third chance, the fourth chance. You keep going with that because he's the God of chances. Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My father will love them and will come and make our home with each of them. My father will love them and we will come and make our home with each of them. Amazing. All, all of his teaching, every aspect of his teaching, we, we accept Jesus sometimes quite easily. You know, actually the, the decision is easy to have him as your saviour, but do you realise he wants to be your Lord? The process of becoming more like Jesus takes a lifetime. We, we all need healing from some of the effects of pain and challenges of life. We, we need to leave some stuff. Sometimes just even acknowledging that is a major part of the journey towards wholeness. It's important that we humble ourselves before God and allow him to be the healer, to heal us, to shape us as he determines. And we've, we've shared this before, but I read it again this week. I love how well it explains it. You may have heard C.S. Lewis so wonderfully put it like this. He said, imagine yourself as a, as a living house. God comes in to rebuild that house at first perhaps you can understand what he's doing. He's getting the drains right and stopping the leaks in the roof and so on. You knew that those jobs needed doing and so you're not surprised, but presently he started knocking the house about in a way that hurts abominably and does not seem to make any sense. What on earth is he up to? Well, the explanation is that he's building quite a different house from the one you thought of, throwing up a new wing here putting on an extra floor there, running up towers, making courtyards. You thought you'd been made into a decent little cottage, but he's building a palace in which he intends to come and live himself. Amazingly powerful. That's what's going on. Does it feel hard? Probably. Because you're not a cottage, you're a palace. The process of sanctification, of becoming more like Jesus, may involve some pain in itself, but it is worth it. This certainly, I would say, is what we've experienced in our lives. But God never misses an opportunity, if we let him, to use things for our good and for his glory. He doesn't just want to be your saviour. He wants to be your Lord. He wants to be your ruler. And, and for that to fully happen, we have to leave everything to follow him. Let me stand together. Thanks for listening. To find out more, head to manchestervineyard.org or follow the link in the podcast description.